there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one loving page of Talmud every day in love and marriage, and more accurately, intermarriage, are at the core of today's daf, Yevamos 17. Have a listen. Rav Yehuda continued his recounting. When I said this halacha, that there is a concern about the betrothal of Gentiles nowadays before Shmuel, he said to me, one need not worry about this, as your son from a Jewish woman is called your son, i.e. he inherits his lineage from you, and your son from a Gentile woman is not called your son, but rather her son. Consequently, all children born to Jews from Gentile women are not considered Jews, as their lineage is determined by their Gentile mothers. Now look, I have no desire to stir up big halachic debates about marriage, matrilineal descent, and other seminal matters that I understand halachically may not be subject to compromise. But I do think it's very important to have a significantly more nuanced conversation about intermarriage, which is why it gives me great pleasure to welcome to the show Karen McGinnity. She's the author of two books on Jewish intermarriage, Still Jewish and Marrying Out, and you can find out much more about her and her work at loveandtradition.org. Karen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. So the discussion in the Jewish community about intermarriage is obviously one that goes back a long way. It is central. It is very heated and often, I feel, deeply misguided. What are we getting right about intermarriage and what are we getting wrong and how do we change this debate? I think what we got wrong for many decades was this idea that intermarriage was bad that Jews who intermarried were bad Jews, and that by withholding Mazel Tov for interfaith couples, that somehow it would prevent people from meeting, falling in love with, and ultimately marrying people who happen to be of other faiths and or cultural backgrounds. That's the old narrative in the sense that it didn't prevent intermarriage. Um, we know that intermarriage rates have increased over time. Uh, we know that most American Jews uh, marry people of other faith backgrounds. And the new narrative and what we're now getting right uh, is realizing uh, that intermarriage is an opportunity for the person born or raised Jewish to learn more about their own religion, heritage, tradition, history, culture, language, music, food, and so forth. And for the person of another faith background to learn alongside them. And uh, what we're getting right is pivoting to really focus on how can we create Jewish spaces that are fully inclusive and that treat everyone as all are created in the divine image, uh, no exceptions. And, and seeing the diversity across the Jewish people and across the partnerships that they form and honoring and respecting people of other faiths so that they feel like they belong in our community um, rather than that they're just guests passing through. That's what we're now doing right, finally. But it's been a long time in the making. You know, I, I think that part about belonging is obviously so crucial and, and so important. And, and even if you don't compromise, you know, an iota of, of sort of halachic uh, stringency here, there's still no reason why you can't create a community that makes everyone feel like they belong. But the first point that you brought up, I find really fascinating because I do know a, a host of interfaith couples where one spouse is Jewish and the other isn't. And 
I think it's absolutely true, at least in my experience, that in each and every single one of these cases, that led the Jewish spouse to engage far more fiercely with his or her Jewish tradition because the expectation then was like, okay, well, maybe you want me to convert just to check a box, but hey, man, like, what do you actually know and what do you actually do, which always starts this process, right? Exactly. Yes. And that, that's, in fact, what I found during my research uh, for both of my books was that intermarriage, you know, the process of forming a partnership with a person who we may call an ally Gentile or, or you know, a Gertoshat, someone who is uh, Jewish adjacent. Um, there are lots of different uh, words one may choose depending on one's preference. That the Jewish partner is then confronted with the reality of perhaps not knowing as much as they thought they did or would like to and being in the position of of wanting and needing to answer the questions from their partner and therefore their Jewish identity is cast into a kind of high relief and they have, I don't know, I want to say a renaissance of their own Jewish journey and are in the, in the position of becoming more curious about it and then learning alongside their partner who oftentimes has encouraged them, which is also something that we now understand rather than luring them away you know, from from Judaism or from the Jewish community, which is a longstanding myth, they actually encourage them to to draw closer, and in fact, in many cases, you know, to step up to the plate and and to become part of a, a community and, and stop treating it just like as an escrow account where they just you know deposit and, and forget about it, but rather as an active thing, not something that you are, but something that you actively do. Exactly, exactly, and and that's unique in the sense because yes. Jewish Jewish couples are categorized as, as Jewish, and yet they don't necessarily experience that same sense of interest, curiosity about Judaism, about Jewishness as interfaith, intermarried couples, because they're they're already Jewish by default, you know, and therefore their family is Jewish by default. But when you go through a very conscious process. It's a different kind of experience and, and one that holds tremendous opportunity. Karen McGinnity, thank you so much for being our guest. Oh, it's been a privilege and a pleasure. And as my mother always said, we attract more flies with honey than with vinegar. So <laughs> the more honey, the better. Amen, Sela. Thank you. Kodarabha. <laughs> This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Studios. If you enjoy this show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafyomi. I'm your host, Leah Leibowitz, and our producers are Daron Ruskay, Josh Cross, Robert Scarmuccia, Sarah Fredman Ader, and Quinn Waller. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You could find us on Twitter at takeonedafyomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic and we'll see you again soon.